I followed the rules, paid my dues, and crushed shit in corporate America. Then freedom became all that mattered. Hello, hello. Happy Friday, everyone, everywhere. I appreciate the heart of this community. You all have given incredible feedback about the way you resonate with stories shared, the way you're cheering the women on that come on the show. And I have to tell you, today is a special experience. I have the honor, the deep honor of welcoming Kathy Murray on the show. She's done so many things. She is so many things today, but notably, especially for this episode, she's the author of The Munich Cowboys Cheerleaders. I've had an incredible time listening to her audiobook and feeling all the feels, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. Kathy, please let everyone know who you are, where you come from, right? What your background is and what led you to write this book. Well, thank you so much for for having me. I'm excited to be here. My name is Kathy Murray, and uh, I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I kind of started traveling around uh, at an early age through, um, actually through cheerleading. Um, I attended the Ohio State University, so I traveled around there. I got to go to Ohio. I mean, got to go to um, Hawaii doing a um, cheerleading competition. From there, I won an aerobic, uh, national aerobic competition, which took me to Japan, which eventually took me overseas. And I ended up living there and working for eight years. So um, I was in, uh, like yourself, I was in corporate America. I was in medical sales and hated it. (laughs) And got the job over in... uh, in, in, in Europe, in Munich, um, they said, hey, can you come and be a freelance instructor? instructor? And I, I didn't know what I, I wanted to do, but that was something I was, I loved teaching. And I went and just didn't look back and said, I'll figure it out uh, later. And uh, who knew almost 30 years later, I would write a book. I also, to back up, I'm a personal trainer. I started in fitness after I moved to Germany. Came, started my business there called Fit Bodies, moved back to the United States in Atlanta. And um, who knew that I would be writing about my story in, in Munich, Germany, uh, all these years later. I just love it. And I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, we continuously peel back the layers of our lives, right? The older we get, right? Like hindsight is truly 2020, right? Um, so I, I think it's beautiful you were able to unpack that lens, right? As an as an older, more experienced, seasoned woman um, who could probably see more than you would have seen real time, right? Um, oh, right? definitely, De- definitely. I mean, when we uh, started to um, co-write this, I have a client that um, is a multi uh, New York bestseller, um, Martha Hall Kelly. She has Lilac Girls, a lot of historical fiction, mm-hmm. Lost Roses, Sunflower Sisters. And over the 10 years, we were talking about obviously getting her stories made, but my story also. And I, when we started co-writing and got the okay from Amazon to do this novella, mm-hmm. I really had to go back and think um, what it was like yeah. to just leave my corporate job and you know my parents were looking at me like are you crazy yeah. you know you have this fortune 500 job and you what are you doing <laughs> you know so you don't know the language you don't know anybody there 
So it's definitely one of those things where you just have to jump, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was, it's been quite the experience. I can imagine. And speaking of your parents, one thing that stuck out to me at the the onset of the book was, you know, you were in the middle of this competition and you were you were going through all the feels you had, the the nervousness, the the pressure you felt, right, to do a great job. But you noted that your mom and father were there. And I was just like, wow, right? Uh today, you know, I, I mentioned this to you before this before we came on air, I've been here a year and a half and family hasn't come to visit me yet. Right. And I know they're going to come They're They're getting their passports together, but it's really a, an ordeal for them to muster up the, whatever it is, right. Courage, uh, reasoning, et cetera, to come. How did you get your parents there at the competition? Were they, were they living there too? No. Well, that, because it was a very, very short story, there were some things that I had to use. Um, some things were com- composite characters. Uh, um, my yeah, my parents didn't actually come over. That okay. was just, we kind of added okay. that, that added that to the story. But, you know, it was just like any parents, you know, my mom was like, go for it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, that crazy, but you know, they know I'm, I was very head, I'm very headstrong. Yeah. And my dad was, you know, he came from the school of, it doesn't matter if you like your job. It's a great, it's a great job. It, you stay with it. You have the, all the perks, the, the stock mm-hmm. options, and you're getting paid and benefits a company car. And so you just suck it up and you just do uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's when my dad was coming and my mom was like, well, you know, let her go and she'll figure it out. Yeah. So you had both sides, yeah. you know. Under understood. And that, and I was honestly gonna ask you what tricks you use because I'm like, she knows something I don't know. <laughs> uh, but well, love that. Yeah, well, the, the, the good thing was is that I had a, a, a job, yep. you know. I had a job. I was getting paid. And at that time, I think they gave me an apartment to live in. That's great. You know, that was take that was taken care of. So, you know, just to kind of backpack and do the, <laughs> the URL thing, it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. I was actually getting paid and I had a place to live. And But, you, you know, it, yes, yes. So um, that did help that I was making money. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I could support it. myself. I, yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, um, you know, you went from medical sales in Pittsburgh, right. To Munich, um, completely different. How were those lifestyles experiences different for you? Uh, yeah. Uh, medical <laughs> sales. I, I, you know what? Medical sales. I didn't, I, 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 I didn't, I shouldn't say I, it was the perfect, uh, corporate job for me because I, I knew from, even when I was in college, I was not like a desk sitter. Yeah. I, I couldn't like go into the office and sit at a desk. Yeah. I did an internship in, in the end of college and it was just like, this is just not, not going to work. So calling on different hospitals and being able to work, you know, have my office at the house that actually was great. Um, cause it got me around a lot of people. Um, and then when I decided to go to um, Germany, no, I, I didn't know the language. Um, I did have a new of some Americans that were there working that mm-hmm. brought me over to, uh, they had a certification program for German. Mm-hmm. So I, I went over as a fitness instructor and as a, a, as a former champion. So that I figured, hey, you know, uni- English is a universal language. Right. 
And as you probably know from being traveling the world like you do, when you live in a country, you have no choice. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> if you want to communicate, yes, ma'am. you know, you you learn how to say hello, goodbye, right. thank you, how much is this, yes. you know, ordering food. Yes. You, you just find your way. And as you know now, it's so much easier because they have Google Translate. Yes. Back in the 90s, I had a little pocket dictionary <laughs> that I would flip through and point <laughs> and try. You know, German isn't the, isn't the easiest it's language, not, so yeah. trying to pronounce it. And I went to school and I had a couple little tutors and I went to their little schools um, and uh, had really good friends, German friends that could speak English that sat down and said, OK, here's how you order. Yeah. Here's how what you say to the bank. Yeah. Here's what you say in a restaurant. And you just practice and practice, but every day you go out, you have to you have to speak the language. Of course. So of course. Um, it, that 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 was a little tough. And as you know, when you don't understand the language, it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very isolating. So yeah, I had my my homesick days where I was just like, oh man, this is what have you done? Yeah, <laughs> did I'm you make sure. the right choice? And I think you know, which was not my case. I think it's awesome that you had community even if you all weren't very very close the fact that you could find tutors and have people you can ask questions of or to you know role play with I think um that's so great especially as a black woman where it's, it's really hard to see yourself in your environment when you're offshore right um I think and now obviously I had to be resourceful when I came over um you know I I was proactive in saying hello and being nice and cordial and, you know, saying I'm an expat just in case somebody could point me to expat communities and they did. Right. But, um, to anybody that's thinking about, uh, going offshore, especially with all the crazy that's going on in the States right now, you know, um, not doing it on the Island is so important. Like making sure you're open to help. Right. And community and saying, I don't know, it is okay. I think it's a part of freedom too. Like saying, I don't know. I need help. You know, these are my gaps. Exactly. <laughs> Can you exactly. step in for me? Um, it was it was quite the um, it was it was a it was a very it was a great learning experience because you know sometimes when you went to go to the store if they couldn't understand you they were like next of course yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah. so you were just kind of sitting on the sideline going okay how can I get I bread today mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so you you learned to point a lot yeah. <laughs> at the beginning um, but um, yeah it was. Um, Interesting, as you know, in the in the book, I learned all the bad words first. I mean, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I've been like that with Swahili like too. Um, <laughs> very nice. So, uh, I do want to um, kind of go into your experiences with rice. Honestly, you know, when you when you describe what you're experiencing, I didn't see a whole lot of difference from what we experience in the states, except that it's probably feels a little more unsafe because you can't speak the language or, or you know, find uh, help very quickly, right? But uh, one line in the book stood out, uh, a lot of lines y'all stood out, but one of them were, um, being Black in Germany is like living in a zoo, isn't it? Being Black in Germany is like living in a zoo, isn't it? Every moment on display and you were having a conversation with somebody, right? And and that was the colloquial line that came out and I never thought about it like that but I can relate you know being watched and and how articulate is she going to be or can she navigate this etc um you said 
you said Germans seem to look down on you. Um, how was that experience being offshore? Did you use the same coping mechanisms that you, you'd used in the States with your previous supervisor, et cetera? Or, or was it tougher for you experiencing microaggressions and racism um, offshore? Um, with the Germans, especially once I moved there and there weren't a lot of people of color, there were some, a, a couple of, you would see someone of color, like say you'd see a female or a young girl and you're like, oh, great, you know. But then you had you had to think about the military aspect. Uh, Soldiers would come over, have kids, and then they would leave, but then the German women would bring up the child. Yeah, so yeah. those people that you're expecting, oh, great, I, I can talk to them, they didn't know relate. any English. Ah, oh, man. Right. Oh, man. So, um, so that, and then, you know, the, the Africans were there, um, of course they, they would speak French and it's like, no, I'm American. And they would speak the English, but yeah, you were constantly on display. You were constantly, constantly, um, being stared at. Yeah. We we're taught it's rude to, yep. to stare yep. and yep. they would just yep. stare, yep. you know, from your head to your toe and back up and, you know, and you have to understand that it was not only, um, uh, uh, racist, but also everyone doesn't like Americans. That's right. And you find that out when, when you, you leave. Go. I agree. Cause, you leave. I agree. Yes, because some of my white friends would say, "Well, I this happened to me," and I'm like, "Okay, so the anti-American yeah, thing was a real thing was cross both." That's right. right, exactly. That's right. Um, and you, I, you know what? It's one of those things where I guess when I was going through it at the time, I just thought, "Okay, well, you choose to live here." Um, I, like when I tried to get my apartment, I, I had a roommate who was white, who was half German. She was a journalist there. So she really helped me when I first moved to Munich. And we, I had an experience where, uh, this is before, <laughs> before the uh, internet, we would look in the paper and she was trying to find me an apartment. She found Man. me a sublet apartment for the musician. And she said, Oh, okay, great. She would call. I was there. The apartment's free. Come on over. Mm -hmm. It's available. Mm -hmm. And I would go over there. And as soon as she she would see me, she would say, I could see here I'm talking in German. My German. And mm -hmm. she would say, but we just called. And she was like, nope, mm -hmm. it's not available. Uh, and then, this, uh, yeah. So then the second, we do it again. The second one, we go, great. We're on our way yeah. over. Yeah. We go over and then we get there and I hear him talking in German, but you know, you know enough where she's saying, of course, no, no. Mm -hmm. it's not, it's for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh. So by the time the third one came around, my, my, um, roommate and her name was Gretel. Mm -hmm. She said, I just don't get it. And, and I just started, I was like, really? Come on now. <laughs> it's obvious that right. Right. when I show up, that's the problem that's all of a sudden. Problem. Right. And so she was like, what? So just that whole, that kind of thing was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. I need to get an apartment. How am I going to get one yeah. when I show up and they have all these stereotypes that's right. Um, that's right. regarding. So those things were just, and I eventually luckily had a student that was a attorney mm -hmm. that fronted for me and went and helped me get an apartment. Wow. So wow. Those types of things happened like every day, you know, there. But, you know, with my will and determination and faith, I just You're said, powerful. okay. Yeah. I mean, because at least today, you know, and not to mitigate what we go through today, right? But today we can quickly get 
a protest started, shit, you know, recording something, <laughs> sharing it, again, like, you know, a GoFundMe, you know, right. but I can't even <laughs> Yelp imagine, bad you know, Yelp. like, what are you going to do back then, right? Like, write to the newspaper to do a publication, you know? Um, thank you for helping to pave a way, you know, it, it is still crazy out here, but, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see the other side of that story is you living a beautiful life. You know, you having all of these experiences, et cetera. Um, and another thing, you know, I love how you describe your, your, your passion in, in cheering, right? You even said, you know, you felt at home when you were cheering, right? And, and, and I thought about, you know, why Africa felt good for me or, you know, and going deeper and, you know, I felt safe. Like I felt home. It felt like big mama's house. Right. And, and immersing myself in home, you know, is my choice now that I have agency as an adult and, and, and know I have options. Um, what made you fall in love with, with, with cheering, especially post, you know, um, grade school, post college. What was it about cheering that was such a joy for you? I think I have always, even from the time I can remember, I was always motivating people and pumping people up. Mm. You know, I think that's why I love being a trainer. Yep. Um, that that's sense. why I, I love, you know, you know, the, the being down there on the field or, or on the basketball court and, and motivating yeah. the crowd yeah. to and leading them into in cheers and cheering them on to, um, uh, you know, for, for the team. I've always loved that. Yeah. And um, it was just, um, you know, hard work because once I got to college, you know, that was a whole nother level of, of cheering. Mm -hmm. And so that was so great to take these girls who knew nothing. Yeah. It's kind of like the Bad News Bears met Matt cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> they they didn't know how to stunt when they one of the the manager had came had heard that I was a cheerleader and it came couldn't speak any English. Had someone translate and said, "Hey, I heard you were a, cha a champion. You were from Ohio, you know, when you went to school and you were a champion. So would you mind coming and looking at the girls? And I remember looking at them going to their practice and thinking, Oh my God. But I mean, you know, it was, in, it was invented in America right. and they were trying to do the best they right. could. Right. And um, they were cheering for American football, which they had to cheer in English. Wow. And um, they were young. They were like 15 through maybe 18, 19, 20, because they didn't have a school affiliation. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a challenge yeah. with um, yeah. them not knowing anything and, <laughs> and, and having to, to go from the ground up, mm -hmm. um, showing them what to do and, and the language barrier. Right. I mean, I eventually right. became fluent, but at the time I was like, okay, you know, there were a couple girls cause they had to speak English. They had to take English in school. Okay. So the older girls could speak English and would translate, okay. but it was a, a back and forth with them being hungry to learn about cheerleading, mm -hmm. but then me to teach them uh, not only the stunts and, and the, the, the technique, but also this is what it takes. Right. It takes practice. Right. It takes determination. Right. It takes teamwork, mm -hmm. you know, so teaching all them, all of those um, uh, things that you have to, to have for not only cheerleading, but what's been great about reconnecting with them for the book is they're, you know, mothers and, right. and, 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 you know, older women with 
children and they're like, when you told us about um, teamwork and hard work mm. and you got to keep practicing, I tell my child that so now, beautiful, you know, or this is what I do to my team and my business. So mm-hmm. that really um, warmed my heart to see that they, uh, it had effect on them all these years. I'm sure. And, you know, I haven't known of you for a very long time, but I mean, that was a thematic um, presence for me throughout your story. Like, despite the sneers, despite pushback, despite challenges, despite hurdles, right? You just kept showing up anyway. You you kept showing up anyway. Um, and I, I, how can you not leave a lasting impression on, on those those women? You know, who are now women today, um, I think that's just beyond beautiful. Um, I think it's a testament to your legacy, honestly. Um, so I'm, I'm happy you wrote this story. Um, so talking about where you are today, right? Um, what, what is life like for Kathy today? It is very, um, it's humbling. I I really, so many people have reached out to me that say they really enjoyed my story. People that, that, um, have known me for years said, I had no idea that you went through what you went through. Um, and it, it's really, you know, people tell me it's really motivated them to, you know, no matter, you know, with all this adversity and things that are thrown in your way, you, um, you know, you, you, you worked it out. Yeah. And I think that I've always been like that. Again, you know, someone told me, no, you can't do it. Or um, whether it was cheerleading or something, I would just go and work harder at it, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, kind of like, watch me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or, or bring it, yeah. you know, I'm going to, you know, try my best. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been great. My, my clients have been great um, with their support, um, you know, the former cheerleaders. Um, and of course, I can't thank, you know, my, my co-author has definitely gave me a crash course in, <laughs> uh, into uh, writing and I've given her a crash course on cheerleading. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> she knows yes. nothing about that. So we had to, I was showing, you know, YouTube videos. This is a stunt and this is, but she's, she's such a brilliant writer. And I was telling her, I wish I would have paid more attention in writer's comp class <laughs> in, in high school. Cause you never know yeah. later in life, you know, um, when you're going to, when you're going to have to go back and use that. So she's been a great, um, uh, uh, um, you know, mentor just to, to help me with, you know, writing and description and how to, you know, making things come off the page and let people feel. Yeah. So she's been great with that. So it's, it's, it's been, it's just been a blessing yeah. and, uh, just been really, really, um, fun and and you know, has me thinking about my next book. Yep. I'm sure <laughs> so. you should keep writing. Um, the, the the texture the, the way you paint pictures and, and emote I mean it's just brilliant you should definitely keep writing you're very welcome you're very welcome and um you know we talked some about this before you came on but um you know your your story is not over obviously and it's just never too late to continue stepping into freedom um you know what it what is what is the next step for you in in living the life that you desire? Wow. Um, 
I think, you know, at, at this point, I know my calling is, is, you know, motivating and teaching and mentoring, um, uh, you know, not only, especially women of, of color. Um, I'm, a, I'm a triathlete and, I, and I've been in the sport when I was the only one out there. And I started, uh, I'm, I'm always in mentoring the group. I strength trained for a group called the Atlanta Tri-Sisters. And, and one of the ladies was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for the time. We went out on the bike last weekend. I'm like, when I was doing this, I was the only one out there. And there wasn't um, Atlanta Tri-Sisters. There wasn't Black Triathletes right. Association. There right. wasn't Black Girls Run, right. Black Men Run. Right. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. And so if I can pull up my sisters and brothers to say, hey, I know what it feels like to try to swim in open water That's and right. be terrified, right. uh, you know, That's and right. overcoming that feel because I was there once right. and, and someone helped me, but now I'm, I'm here to, to, to help you. Yeah. Um, and then as we spoke before we came on, um, we also, you know, want to retire to the motherland yeah. and um, uh, we're, we're also looking for this next step in our journey where, um, you know, we're retiring. It's like, you know, when you get to a certain age, you're like, what does retirement look like, yeah. you know? And I think that is being in the place that you want to be, That's right. you know, and right. um, in, in the, the surrounding yourself with. Um, people and um, you know, I, I love the ocean, and I'm really happy that I, I have a, a, a spouse that loves the ocean as much as I do. And him being in the military, he's a veteran, he's not afraid to go anywhere, mm -hmm. you know. And by me being in Europe, I wasn't afraid to of go course. anywhere. I could go to Italy <laughs> on the train, and Austria, right. and right. you know, right. Slovenia, and you know, all these countries where you just make it happen yep. you know uh, you just you just become really resilient mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. um when you live uh, abroad yep. and i know that's what that taught me so when he said let's do it i'm like yeah let's okay let's do it <laughs> i'm so excited for you I, I mean that you know um when i think on my big mama you know my great grandmother and i have still have very vivid memories of her right we have pushed the envelope so far, right? As black women, we get to experience so much more than she ever could. I mean, cause when, when my great grandma was alive, you talking about can't even open a checking account if she wanted to, right? I mean, prop, you property, you, you know, like uh, we have, I think continue to, to challenge the limits of what women can do, black women, especially and and for you to talk about when I retire in this lifetime, I choose to be in the motherland. You know, I, I just, I just love that. You know, that's how it should be us, us inching farther and farther um, in, in freedom and independence and, you know, us choosing what our lives look like. I, I applaud you so much. Um, this time always goes by so quickly. So I know. And I, before, before we finish, I want to applaud you because I, I told you before we got on, we were meant to, to meet and connect because okay. you are there, you're doing it. Yeah. And I, it, it's just been a kind of a thought in my mind. And then when I, I, I met, you know, went on your website and looked mm -hmm. and listened to your podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, she is, you're paving the way for, for, for people like myself and sisters yeah. like myself, because you're doing it, that you're there, you're living it. 
And that inspires me that, to know, hey, she's doing it. I know I can do it. Absolutely. And, and that's without a, a, a man choir, right? Because a lot of people feel like, girl, you're making all of this money in banking. And, you know, it's just like, like, if I can be 10 times as good on my worst day, right, as peers who don't look like me, surely I can go out into the world and leverage these own, my, my own skills, you know, my own talents. Why does it have to be under the name and brand of someone else, you know? Um, and, and, and so many people are making money. You hear me? And they have all the things. You hear me? But hear they're me? unhappy. Yeah, they, you of know. So, um, I, I just, I commend you and, um, I just, I, we've, I've been there too, where it's just like, you know, I, I enjoy what I do and I, I'm blessed to touch people's lives and to motivate them. And that's what, what, um, drives me. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what, what makes living worth it, you know? I say. So I'm, I'm just so happy to know you. Um, well, please tell everybody, Kathy, uh, you know, where they can find your book um, and anything else you want them to know about. Okay. My book is uh, called The Munich Cowboys Cheerleaders. It's uh, on Audible. Um, so you can find it there. My website is um, fit, F-I-T hyphen bodies, B-O-D-I-E-S dot net. And you can find me on all my social uh, me, uh, media platforms or on my website. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing space. You have inspired and inviting me. you got to keep me posted on how this retirement move goes. <laughs> I will. Definitely. Definitely. We're in the process. It's not happening. You know, as you know, it doesn't happen overnight. No, it does but... not. Very happy for the journey. Well, beautiful. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Definitely uh, follow, subscribe, do all the things. Buy the book and buy it for your friends and your mom. Um, we both would definitely appreciate that. Everyone have a good one. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you. Join me for group coaching in Africa. Head to imkcrel.com to learn more.